your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent December 22nd in the year of our Lord 2019. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. A child, a child, in the cold, let us bring him silver and gold. Don't you hate that? Fuck. You know, you'd be grocery shopping like an idiot uh, during Christmas time. And, you know, they're playing these versions of classic Christmas songs. And they're always trying to reimagine them. Different time signatures, different phrasing, different beats. Yo, just do it normally. Just play the fucking original song or make a new song. Enough of this. A child shivers in the cold. Like, enough. Enough. You know, it's like William Shatner singing to you, you know? A child, a child, shivers in the cold. You know, you're ruining Christmas. (laughs) Anyways, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. I am an actor extraordinaire. 19 years of service. Diploma in theater arts. Yes. And, you know... Christmas is a very jolly, festive time of year. And um, across professions, it's a time of reflection, family, friends, relaxation, and regrouping for the new year ahead. 2020, in this case. And as an actor, you know, I definitely like to take that time to do, as I said, reflect get ready for the new year. And part of that process is indulging in some of the classics. Some of the classic films that warm your heart this season. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are an eel. You got spiders in your ball sack. You got bees in your bonnet, Mr. Grinch. If I had the choice between picking between the two of you, I'd pick the seasick crocodile. (laughs) You know, he took the roast beast. He took everything and even the roast beast. What a soulless piece of shit. How do you rob Cindy Lou Who? You know, are you, are you Santa Claus? He goes, I am Santa Claus. But the bulb on the, on that... Christmas tree doesn't burn quite so bright. So I'm going to take it to my workshop and bring it back to you. Little Cindy Lou Who. (laughs) She's like, 
Okay, Santa Claus. He gives her a drink of water and then he sends her off to bed. You know, he, he scoots her off to bed. Then he robs her blind. He took the roast beast. <laughs> you know how the Grinch stole Christmas? Classic. You know, um, I don't know. It's a Charlie Brown Christmas or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Snoopy's Christmas special. You know, that's a good one. You know, Linus. He goes in front of the school and, you know, Charlie Brown had the task of getting a Christmas tree for the Christmas play. That fucking blockhead, <laughs> you fucking blockhead, that fucking bumbling blockhead, <clears throat> that bumbling blockhead, you know, he doesn't get a Christmas tree. He gets the fucking worst Christmas tree imaginable, drags that fucking dying Christmas tree into the Christmas pageant. Everybody's like, Charlie Brown, you fucking blockhead, you fucked up Christmas. And then Linus, he saves the day, he, you know, he shuffles up to the microphone, blanket in hand, you know, and he's, you know, it's that time of year, Christmas, you know, the star of Bethlehem brightly shone for all mankind to see and peace on earth and goodwill to all men. You know, Linus, you know, so definitely a Christmas classic, Charlie Brown, um, I love that one, and one of my favorites. Um, Home Alone. <laughs> you know, Home Alone, definitely a Christmas classic. My favorite scene is the one when um, he's trying to scare the burglars away, right? Uh, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin McAllister, you know, old Kevin. He's trying to scare away the burglars by um, playing a clip of... Um, that mob movie, what is it, Angels with Filthy Souls? <laughs> He's trying to pretend like um, there's gangsters in his house to scare away the burglars or to um, scare away the pizza delivery man, right? He's trying to scam a free pizza. So he plays that clip <laughs> to scare away the pizza man, right? It's a fucking hilarious clip. Who is it? It's me, Snakes. I got the stuff. Leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. All right, Johnny. But what about my money? What money? AC says you got some dough for me. Is that a fact? Well, how much do I owe you? AC said 10%. Too bad AC's not in charge anymore. What do you mean? He's upstairs taking a bath. He'll call you when he gets out. Yeah. You know what I'm going to give you, snakes? I'm going to give you the count of ten to get your dirty, ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property. One, two, ten! Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> you know, angels with dirty souls, right? Christmas classics. So as a thespian actor, it's always great to dip into those during the holiday season for some inspiration, some levity, and um, to carry that into the new year, 2020. And that's relatable across industry, whatever you're doing. Take the time to 
chill back, indulge in what makes you refreshed, what makes you inspired, friends, family, whatever that is. Kick back and go forward to the new year with some invigoration. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor. Yeah. I am also an alcoholic. (laughs) Yeah. Three years of consistent, consecutive sobriety. And the holidays are notorious for bringing out the drank in a motherfucker, right? The holidays are notorious for bringing out the fucking crunk. And, you know, people get, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable. A lot of feelings come out. Feelings around friends, family, regret, remorse, guilt, you know, inadequacy. The weather's cold. Money sometimes is scarce. So it can really exacerbate um, people with the condition of alcoholism or drug addiction. And you definitely see it in the streets, you know. I'm hailing out of Toronto, Canada. Yes, I live in Toronto, Canada. And when I'm walking around downtown, man, it's on the street. You see it, man. You got people stumbling around drunk, stumbling around high, intoxicated, out of their mind, you know, mental disorders. Just yesterday, I was walking down the street. I was going to the library. And um, I'm on my way to the library. And I see this dude, and he's just laughing maniacally, you know? (laughs) It was just a cheesy, overdone, overacted, just a real fucking display, spectacle of, you know, self-defeat, self-loathing, anguish, the need for attention, self-importance. And those are the things that, you know, alcoholics, addicts deal with. You know, there's a sense of self-importance, ego, um, a dark cloud that can follow a person who's in that world dealing with those conditions. It's a greater, there's a greater, um, there's a further reach to that situation. It's really the human condition. You know, people are so caught up in ego, self-importance, that they're unaware of how their actions um, are portrayed and the effect that their actions have on others. They're really unaware, most people, because we're all caught up in self-importance and ego. And in my story there, that fucking guy with his maniacal laughter, (laughs) he's obviously drunk, high, stupid, whatever, and he's really putting up an ugly vibe. You know, it's a nice, beautiful winter day. You know, the weather was pretty nice, it was sunny, People are out with their families, their friends. They're going for walks. 
to Christmas shopping, and this bozo's laughing up a storm, acting like a moron. And it's like, you know, the self-importance, the need for attention, you know, whatever he's dealing with, he's portraying it, he's projecting at others. And that ain't a good look. It's not a good look. Um, another situation, a couple days ago, I'm walking down the street, and there's this dude, he's like, I know, I think he was like Middle Eastern, but he had the real urban flair, you know? Wagwan fam, what's happening, player? This, that, and the other. Yo, what's happening, fam? What's happening, blood? You know, he's talking the game. You know, he's dressed, he's dressing the part, and he's fucking mad intoxicated. You know, he's reeking like marijuana. He smells like marijuana. He's, um, you know, he's sipping on some wine. He's sipping on that wine, you know. He's got a bottle of wine in one hand. And he's just walking down the street, acting a fool. Hollering at women. Hey, what's up, baby? Yo, what's up, girl? Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Talking nonsense, babbling, bumbling, talking at people, making a spectacle of himself. The importance the self-importance, the ego of wanting to be seen, not caring how he's projecting at people, not caring that a very calm, beautiful Christmas season, you're interrupting with your fucking nonsense. You're walking down the street acting like a buffoon. People are with their family and friends. They don't want to see this during Christmas time. And he's walking around, talking at people. Yeah, yo, what's up, fam? Yeah. Hey, what's up? You know, drinking his wine. And, you know, it's just a fucking dumb wino. And, you know, he starts rapping. At one point, he's standing on the corner, and I see him, and he's rapping, right? And, you know, he's all like, I'm going to give it to you, and this is what's going to happen when it comes through to you. What you going to do when I'm coming for you? And diddly do. And... Was it good? Was it bad? I don't know. But was it delusional? You're damn right. Straight up delusion. The alcoholic delusion. The ego. The self-importance. Like, yo, it's a bad look. What do you think's gonna happen? Fucking Dr. Dre gonna come strolling by and be like, Oh, yo, what's that? Hark, hark, an angel sing. What, what, what is that? Oh, some drunken buffoon rapping on the corner. Signed. You know, like, you're out of your mind, bro. Is that how it works? Is throwing a drunken temper tantrum how it works? Is that how you get ahead in life? No. Anybody with any common sense knows that's not the way of the world. You gotta work. And, you know, that's where I get a little judgmental because, you know, as I mentioned, I'm an actor, thespian, and I remember being in the throes of my addiction, my alcoholism, the self-importance, you know. I'd open my mouth and blee, 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 blee. This is what art is. This is what art isn't. Drunk, pontificating, making a public spectacle. I'd be at a bar. I'd be at a club. And just the ego, the self-importance, the arrogance, it would overshadow the good a lot of times. The good in me. The, the, the reality of like, yeah, I'm a trained, educated actor. I'm talented. And I overshadowed all of that 
with my nonsense a lot of the times. And just like this buffoon rapping like an idiot, it's like, yo, it's not a good look. And, you know, the self-importance, he, he comes stumbling up to me, that rapper, that drunk rapper, he comes stumbling up to me, he's like, yo fam, what's happening? Because, um, yo, I'm selling toques, I'm selling Montclair toques, two for t- two for a hundred. And I'm like, uh, that's okay, man, thank you. Okay, yo, whatever, yo, cool. And he stumbles off. That self-importance where it's like you would just come up to somebody reeking like alcohol and poke your face into their business. Excuse me, I'm selling toques. Just stupid and delusional. And, um, you know, part of why I, not part of why, but yes, I do judge, but I also understand because I've been there, as I mentioned. And um, I'm just blessed that I'm on the other side of that at the moment. Three years of consecutive sobriety. Three years of consistent, consecutive, blessed sobriety. And if you're out there struggling during this season, I suggest try what I did. What I did was I joined a 12-step program. That's nothing official. No dues, no fees, no emphasis on religion. It's all very discreet. It's basically group therapy. You can find these meetings all over the world. That's how far these programs reach. And you attend these meetings. Um, You get to share on the issues pertaining to your alcoholism, addiction. You get to share on your issues. And then you get to hear from others. You get to listen to others. And through that, you come out of your isolation Because alcoholism, addiction, is very self-centered, isolating behavior. You know, as I mentioned, the ego, the self-importance, it puts up a barrier between you and your fellow human being. Just like that guy walking down the street, walking down the street, babbling like an idiot. I mean, if you saw anybody look at him, their, their whole vibe was like, get me away from this guy. Get me away from this person. And when you're in that world, you don't, you're not connecting the dots. It's a very antisocial, isolating condition, alcoholism, addiction. And through these meetings, you get to come out of that, come out of that isolation, get reintegrated into society in a meaningful way. And day by day, your days will add up. And then one day you'll find yourself in a new day, in a new life. And it's a blessing. And um, going forward into 2020, I wish all the best to anybody out there suffering. And there is hope and um, it's for real. And it's for you. It's a vision for you. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, Alcoholic. I am also a janitor. <laughs> I'm talking mop buckets, slop buckets, toilets, tampons, urinals, urinal cakes, garbage bins, recycle bins, organic waste bins, parking lots, the whole kit and caboodle, ladies and gentlemen. God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. I'm a motherfucking janitor. I push my little mop bucket. Push my little mop bucket, dip the mop in the mop water. And I mop the floor. 
You know? Uh, I wash windows. You know? Push a garbage trolley. Push my little garbage trolley. Um, you know, vacuum. And it's a blessing. If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. As I mentioned, I went down into hell with my alcoholism. I was a burnout, drunk, uh, self-centered, egotistical, arrogant prick for the most part. Luckily, I was also very um, antisocial, so I isolated a lot. So the ramifications of my drinking never really affected people, though I did have my amends to make. But I was very antisocial and I isolated a lot. And the blessing of this janitorial hustle is it gives me a nine to five to do something productive, to earn an income. Because idle hands are the devil's playground. (laughs) So when you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs, twiddly D, that's when all the negativity, the bad thoughts uh, can creep back into your mind. So I'm very blessed for my janitorial hustle. And secondly, I am a performer, actor, thespian as I mentioned, and it keeps me in the game because like, um, you know, as a starving artist, I live that life bouncing around on a shoestring, broke ass, living hand to mouth. Sure, that's honorable to an extent. Yeah, it's cute. But, you know, what they fail to mention, generally speaking, is that it's only cool to be a starving artist if you make it. If you don't make it, then you're just a pathetic, washed-up, hack-has-been loser. You're a fucking couch-surfing hoodlum with no goddamn direction in your life. Pardon me, God. But, like, that's what you are. You're pathetic. So, having this janitorial hustle also facilitates my acting. And I'm very blessed for it. But, you know, there always are some chuckles, guffaws in the janiteering racket. In the game of janitor, there's always some little hiccups. Um, This past week was the 2019 Janitor's Christmas Ball. Yeah, the 2019 Janitor's Christmas Ball. And some backstory into that is um, basically there's a war. There's a war going on right now between... Day janitor and night janitor. Yeah. The two shifts are butting heads, right? I work on the day shift and my my crew were beefing with the night crew. You know? It's the daytime janitor's fault. No, it's the nighttime janitor's fault. It's been that bullshit all year. How come the toilet didn't get scrubbed? The daytime janitor didn't scrub the toilet. No, it was the nighttime janitor who didn't scrub the toilet. So we've been beefing and kabiking all year. Well, they have. I don't give a blood clot fuck, you know. I do my own thing. I worry about me. I don't worry about other people. Let them do what they want. But, you know, my coworkers have been beefing all year. So, finally, it comes to the end of the year. This 2019 janitor's Christmas ball. And, um... It's a very special time of year where we get celebrated for all our janiteering, our garbage 
changing, our toilet plunging, our shellacking, our mopping, we get celebrated. And we have a little party and there's a catered dinner. Well, there's been some beef, as I said, you know, because the cuisine, the the meal choice was put to a vote, you know. We were to vote upon what we wanted for our meal, right? So the daytime janitor, supervisor, the daytime supervisor was kind of beefing with the nighttime supervisor. They're trying to sway each other's votes, right? The daytime janitor supervisor, she wanted Chinese food. The nighttime janitor supervisor, she wanted Portuguese food, right? So they're trying to sway our votes, right? They're coming at us and they're asking us consistently, time upon time, what our vote is, right? My uh, daytime supervisor, she comes up to me, Jonathan. Vote for Chinese food, Jonathan. Vote for Chinese food. You know, all I eat is Portuguese food. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. All I eat is Portuguese food. I'm sick of Portuguese food. I want Chinese food. What the hell do you want me to do about it? What do you want me to do about it? You are Portuguese. Oh, Jonathan, I'm sick of Portuguese food. I want Chinese food. Oh, Jonathan, please. Vote for the Chinese food. What the hell do you want me to do about it? So they're trying to swing my vote, you know, my daytime supervisor. So finally, there comes a resolution. Um, The daytime crew, they get Chinese food. The nighttime crew, they get Portuguese food. Fine, right? Well, the day of the 2019 janitor's Christmas ball, um, everybody's seated in the janitor's lounge getting ready for their meal. All of a sudden, code red, code red. The garbages are overflowing. The garbages in the cafeteria are overflowing. Oh my God, right? Somebody has to go change the garbages. So, you know, obviously, you know, it comes around that, obviously, I mean, of course, you know, Murphy's Law, I'm the one who gets stuck with the task, right? So I put on my fucking janitor galoshes and I fucking, you know, I hoof it, I hump it up to the fucking cafeteria. I'm changing garbage bins, recycle bins, organic waste bins, you know, pushing my garbage trolley. I'm changing these bins. Then I get a phone call, right? I get a phone call from my manager. Jonathan, where are you, Jonathan? We have to start the meal. We have to start eating the meal and we can't begin without you. I'm like, go ahead. What do you want me to do about it? You know, I'm, I'm fucking changing garbage bins. Go ahead. Fucking eat the Chinese food. I didn't even want any damn Chinese food to begin with. I voted for the fucking Italian food, right? I'm a pescatarian. I don't eat meat. You know, I eat fish. I eat eggs. I don't eat fucking ginger beef, Szechuan beef, fucking chicken fried, pork fried rice. I don't eat any of that shit, right? So I didn't even want any Chinese food to begin with. So I'm like, go ahead, begin without me. I don't give a fuck, right? I'm changing the garbage bins. But Jonathan, we can't begin the meal without you, Jonathan. Jonathan, hurry up, Jonathan. Jonathan. But you know what? It all turned out pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, we had our little fucking janitor's 2019 Christmas ball. 
We had the Chinese food. We exchanged some Secret Santa gifts. And if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. You know, generally speaking, across industry, you don't want to get caught up in the bureaucracy, the blah, 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 the yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Um, I got my eyes on the prize. I got my eyes on what's important to me. And you know what? I just push my little mop bucket. You know, I wash my windows. You know, push my garbage trolley. You know, vacuum. And if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I don't fucking sweat it. I don't give a boom, clut, blah, clut, fuck. And going forward into 2020, I'm just going to keep rocking it. Keep riding the blessing of my janitorial hustle. And I got my eyes on the prize. Believe you me. I don't do this shit in vain. So there you have it, folks. Janathan Ramcharan. Janitor. And last of all, I am a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. 11 years of service. (laughs) And uh, 2019 is at an end. Uh, I'm just kind of chilling out for the year. But you know what? Um, I always have these dreams, you know? It's probably pretty common. Whatever you do for a living, you probably dream about it from time to time, right? Well, I always tend to have these dreams, usually on the weekend, when it's like, um, you know, I have this recurring dream where it's like I show up to this comedy night And I'm desperate to get on stage. And, you know, there's all these other comedians and, you know, they're the same as me, desperate for stage time. We're all clamoring and lining up to get onto the show. And in the dream, I never get on the show. And then what happens is, you know, I I bumble from one comedy mic to another comedy mic. And then I wind up just stumbling home in the darkness alone it's a very sad kind of disturbing recurring dream that i have (laughs) and i've had them all throughout 2019 they're reoccurring finally i had a positive one yeah a couple nights ago i had a dream i had a dream that black comedians will be judged by the content of their shitty jokes and whatever. I had a dream and, you know, it was positive. Instead of me like schlepping around trying to get on stage, it's like I was shooting my first comedy special. Wow. What a monumental, momentous moment. I'm shooting a comedy special. And oddly enough, it was in my old... High school. Do you ever have that too? That's another recurring dream, like being stuck back in high school, failing science class. There's a lot of reoccurring dreams that I have. And anyways, I'm shooting my comedy special and it's in my high school for some reason, in the gymnasium or something. So, but you know, it's positive for a change, you know? I'm not schlepping around begging for stage time. I'm shooting a comedy special. Wow, what a change positivity so then I go into the urinal to take a piss and what do I see oh a dead body 
Yeah, in my dream, uh, in my dream, right before I go out to shoot my comedy special, a big break in my career, I stumble upon a dead body. <laughs> yeah, and that's par for the course as an as a comic. There's always some kind of little negativity nipping at your heel. If it's not in reality, it's in dreams. And um, you know, <laughs> and in the dream, I see this dead body. It's like slumped in front of the urinal. So I step over this dead body and I, pss, I'm taking a piss and then I'm like, oh shit, I gotta be on stage in a couple of minutes, right? I gotta, gotta do something about this dead body. So I run up to the principal's office and I'm banging on the principal's door. I'm like, principal, principal, please, quick! There's a dead body in the men's room. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know why I'm telling the principal because I'm a janitor. I'm probably supposed to clean it up, you know, get my little mop bucket, <coughs> mopping up a dead body, you know. Right before I record my, you know, <laughs> comedy special. But hey, <laughs> um, luckily I woke up and it was just a dream. It was all a dream. And, you know, going forward into uh, the new year. Um, hey, just rocking with it. You know, it's a day by day process. Uh, and I don't sweat it. You know, I just keep on taking those steps necessary to be um, the artist that I seek to be. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian. And those are the four things that sum me up at the moment. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, alcoholic, janitor, stand-up comedian. So, welcome to the show. Yeah. It's the season, and there's a reason for the season. Maybe not. But it's definitely that time of year, as I've mentioned like a million times. And, you know, it's actually quite nice. I'm looking outside right now. There's a window in front of me. And I see a lot of sunshine. I see trees blue. I see fucking sunshine. I see green grass. It's kind of odd. Global warming. But it's been a pretty uh, moderate Christmas so far. Not too cold. And um, I got something in the mail the other day. To the constituents of Toronto Centre. Season's greetings from your federal member. (laughs) Federal member? I did not have sexual relations with my federal member. Um, I got a fucking Christmas card from some fucking pundit. And I've been getting Christmas cards from this bozo for the last couple of years. Ever since I've been sober. I can't remember how long I've been getting them. Because, you know, there was a time in which I was drunk every day. But for the past three years of my sobriety, I've noticed. I'm always getting these fucking season's greetings cards from this bozo this federal member. And it's like, I get them for Christmas, Thanksgiving, Canada Day, whatever, right? I'm going to open it right now, see what the fuck it says. Oh, there's a dog on it. Dog on it? There's a dog on it. 2019. Happy holidays. Season's greetings 
The Honorable, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to mention the fucking pundit, the federal member. I don't want to mention their name, but it just says, Seasons Greetings, the Honorable, blah, 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 Member of Parliament, Toronto, Canada, Centre, blah, blah, blah. But I got to thinking when I saw this stupid fucking Christmas card. It's like, yo, who's paying for this? Who's paying for these? Because there's literally thousands it wouldn't even be so far-fetched to, you know, the millions of Canadians around Canada, around the world, around Canada, the millions of Canadians in Canada, like the 32 million, whatever it is, Canadians, I'm guessing they all receive a season's greeting card from their member of parliament. Who's paying for these? That's got to be coming out of the taxpayer dollar. Did you just fucking rob pilferage? fucking gank fucking party funds to send me a fucking Christmas greeting card? You fucking pundit? Season's greetings? Thanks for the tax dollars? <sighs> Till death do us part. They're on my ass. I'm paying for my own Christmas greetings? I got to thinking that. I'm like, who's paying for these Christmas greetings? I bet you. I bet you it's the taxpayer. So fuck you. Don't send me... Don't do nothing, all right? Just play your little stupid game. Dress up in your little fucking business, dude. Stay the fuck out of my front lawn, all right? Mary, go fuck yourself, asshole. <laughs> but, um, you know, hey, hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What do you think about um, greeting cards that you get from your federal member, you know? Whenever you get a greeting card from, like, a federal member, who's actually paying for it? Is it actually coming out of their pocket? Like, who, like you know, it's like it costs money to print these things, costs money to send these things. Who's paying for it? You know? I don't know. It got me thinking. And also, um, you know, but that's the thing because it's like, just the world of self-importance, as I alluded to there when I was speaking on some of the conditions of being an alcoholic, the self-importance, the ego, that's a major theme in my life as a recovering alcoholic, and definitely in 2019. There were a lot of moments when I had to confront my ego and my self-importance and put it to side, put it to rest. For the greater good. And I was definitely seeing some of that this year as well. As of late. What do you think about T-boning? Do you ever get T-boned by a motherfucker when you're walking down the street? Do you ever get T-boned on foot? Because think about it. When you're walking, right? If somebody comes at you from the front or they come at you from the back... And they're running, whatever whatever they're doing. If they're running at you or running behind you, yo, it makes sense to kind of step out of the way, give them the right of way. It's kind of like on a, it's on a, it's, it's on like a linear face-to-face -face kind of platform, plane. You know what I mean? It makes sense to give them the right of way. But like, what the fuck when somebody comes at you from an angle? You know what I mean? When somebody walks up on you, T-bones you. Like, that's just major 
fucking arrogance, self-importance. Like if you're walking and some bozo's coming at you at this direction, it's like, what's that fucking blockhead up to? You know, I hate that shit. And it got me thinking this past couple days because like, yeah, I was walking so many times this past week. It happened like I'm walking. Somebody's coming at me at an, at an angle. And it's like, I obviously have the right of way. And my self-importance says, I'm the one who should be walking and they should stop for me. And I know that I'm right. I mean, well, I don't know that I'm right. (laughs) But I feel like I'm right. Like, isn't that how it is? Like when you're right, even when you're driving, right? It's like, you know, the person that's merging, they're the ones that yield, right? I don't know. It's just like a world of self-importance of people. Because the fucking fool... The fool in my story that I'm talking about, I'm walking and they're just like walking. They're deliberately walking into my path. You know what I mean? It's like they could go at any angle that they want, right? But like when you directly walk into somebody's path, it's like I got the right of way. Why are you, you know? And that's just my, that's just the remnants of my self-importance, my ego. I think about these things. They really kind of set me off. But I'm, I guess I'm working towards moving past them. Hey, they're not the biggest deal. They just kind of momentarily kind of scramble my brain. You know, I'm like, for a moment, I'm just kind of, kind of peeved, kind of cheesed. Get a little cheesed off at the moment, but, you know, it passes. But, um, I don't know. Got me thinking. Trying to move past that because these are small things but they can always build up making a mountain out of a molehill you know what I mean and that's why it's important to address these issues of ego self-importance because like I'm telling you when somebody fucking t-bones you or when somebody's walking up on you acting like an idiot it takes a second and you can just snap and all of a sudden you find yourself in a world of shit all of a sudden, you're engaging with somebody. Yo, what the fuck, buddy? Watch where you're going. Why don't you watch where you're going? Blah, blah, blah. Now you're in a fight and diddly da, diddly do. That's how quickly things can spin out when you're not in control of your ego. When you got that self-importance riding on your shoulder. So, you know, it's a world full of self-importance, ego, and you know, cynical, motivated by self-interest. That's the majority of people. And to tie it in with that fucking Christmas card that I threw on the ground. Like the arrogance of this asshole. Like, who are you, my lord? My parliament member? I don't know this idiot. I don't know this asshole. Why are you sending me Christmas cards? Fuck off. (laughs) Who are you to be like the honorable so-and-so? Merry Christmas, you fucking pilgrim, or what do you call it? You fucking um, pleb. Merry Christmas, you fucking servant. Merry Christmas, you fucking pissant. Get the fuck up out my mailbox, asshole, with my tax dollars sending me some fucking Christmas card. Self-importance. But hey, we move forward couple interesting articles during this time of year as well. 
um, Christmas time articles. Here's one that is involving self-importance, ego, disrespect. It's something that I'm really, that's really on my mind and I'm trying to work towards in 2020 to get a 2020 vision on the matter. Check this one out. This is from cbc.ca. You're not welcome here. Winnipeg couple told they look like thieves asked to leave Winnipeg craft store. This is an article by Holly Kuruk, CBC News. Uh, a, a Winnipeg... A Winnipeg woman was hoping to buy a Christmas gift for her grandmother at a craft store earlier this week, but was told she wasn't welcome to the shop in the store. She wasn't welcome to shop in the store. Desiree McIver and her partner were out shopping on Monday afternoon and stopped at the Michaels store in Regent Avenue West in Winnipeg. We weren't even in the door for about five seconds and this lady approached us and I thought it was going to be the usual, hey, do you need help or assistance, said MacGyver, a member of Sag King First Nation. She said, well, you're not welcome here and you guys have to leave. I was in complete shock. I couldn't believe what she said. MacGyver, who was eight months pregnant, <laughs> said the employee then accused the couple of stealing from the store earlier that day. She said, right to my face, you guys look like people who robbed us this morning, she said. It was humiliating because everybody in the store stopped and stared at us. MacGyver said that they tried to explain to the employee that they had never been to the store before, but the employee insisted they leave. I felt like I had no rights. It felt like I was two feet tall and I was just tiny, even though she's like eight months pregnant. It felt like I didn't matter. MacGyver said they asked to speak to the manager and the employee said that she was a manager. So they decided to leave the store. MacGyver's parent. MacGyver's partner, that's, a, that's the risk you run of calling your partner a partner. It sounds like parent. Just call it what it is. Is it your fucking wife or is it your boyfriend? Who is it? What's this partner bullshit? What are you, a fucking detective? <sighs> MacGyver's partner called the store from the parking lot and asked for the general manager to try and make a formal complaint. That manager then admitted the employee made a mistake, MacGyver said. They just apologized and said we can shop, get a discount for the day, but at that point, who wants to spend your hard-earned money when somebody just basically straight out called you a thief? A spokeswoman for Michaels said the chain is committed to treating customers with dignity and respect, but could not or would not elaborate on their store policies surrounding these events or events like these, or say what recourse a customer has if they feel mistreated. We are open to all and do not tolerate discrimination against any guest or team member and take any conduct and take any conduct to contrary very seriously. 
I hate it when people phrase things like assholes or try to get cute. Just fucking spit it out. What the fuck is it? We are open to all and do not tolerate discrimination against any guest or member, team member, blah, blah, blah. Take any conduct to that contrary very seriously, said Mallory Smith, manager of public relations at Michael's. We are actively investigating the situation and will take appropriate action as necessary. MacGyver, a 31-year-old university student, said she'd been followed around stores in the past, something she says is common for indigenous people, but has never been asked to leave. MacGyver said she and her partner felt like they were racially profiled and singled out because of their appearance. The thing I didn't hear was, you are the people that stole from us and you need to leave. It was, you look like, you resemble those people. And I didn't think that was fair, she said. I'm pretty sure she meant it was that we were indigenous. MacGyver said she went on Google reviews to write about her experience and found that she wasn't alone. I noticed that in the last year, there was more than one indigenous person who had made a bad review, she said. I wonder how many people they've done that to before. How many after me? MacGyver said she won't ever shop at the store again and is in the process of filing a complaint with the Manitoba Human Rights Commission. She wants the store to change its policies so this doesn't happen to anyone else. I want them to stop treating indigenous people, grouping them all together in the same category and saying because one stole, everybody steals. Yeah. That was a situation in a Winnipeg, Manitoba craft store. Michael's Craft Store, which is a chain. This 31-year-old indigenous woman goes into the store with her partner and is accused of stealing. And it's basically racial profiling. That's how she took it. And she has a point. It doesn't really make much sense to say, like, you look like somebody who did something, therefore you must leave. You are the culprit. It's like, why wouldn't you just review the security camera? Or why wouldn't you get a positive identification? Why would you just say, oh, you look similar to a thief. Beat it. Get out of our store. So, you know... This, this poor young lady and her partner, they felt very disrespected and racially profiled. And I've experienced some of that, of course. As a black man, would you talk about Willis? As a black man, yeah, of course. Um, this past year, I was in a uh, Dollarama. Oh my God, the humanity. If you've ever seen the type of clientele slash retail workers, if you've ever seen the fucking type of person who enters a Dollarama, Oh, the humanity. So I was asking for trouble just being in that dump to begin with. But anyways, um, this uh, black man, he, uh, he stole something. He had a bunch of shit stuffed into his shirt pocket. And the retail clerk, she's like, You're a thief! Get out of here! You're a thief! And the black guy's like, Whatever you white bitch! Whatever you white bitch! 
And then the retail clerk, she goes, I'm a white bitch, am I? Well, fuck you, nigger. You fucking nigger. Screaming nigger at the fucking thief slash customer. <laughs> I'm a black man. There was other black people in the lineup. And I'm like, whoa. And I just, you know, I, I just put down my, I think I was getting a Twix. I was buying Twix and gummy bears. So I just put my basket down and I just left, right? And, um, you know, there's, you know, hey, amongst the minorities, sadly, there is a sense of racial profiling. Whether it, it, whether it is um, warranted or not, I mean, is it ever warranted? Like in my situation, there was a black guy stealing. And he used racial slurs at the woman. He called her a white bitch. And then she in turn screamed nigger at him, which was very unprofessional. And um, it's all so ugly to begin with. That's why the idea of ego and self-importance, it's so important to check to begin with. To have your ego and self-importance in check, it's like none of this can affect you. When people say horrible, mean-spirited, evil, ugly statements. When they say stupid shit at you and when they behave stupidly towards you, you can just block it all out if your self-importance and ego are in check. And that's why these things are on my mind because whether it is or isn't racial profiling, it don't matter to me because I'm not in their world. I'm in the world, but not of the world. You know what I mean? That's the world's problems. That petty little Dr. Seuss, Mother Goose, Cat in the Hat, fucking bullshit. You know, if you want to play your little games of racial profiling, if you want to T-bone me and walk into me and act like a fucking moron, that's you and your fucking problems. It's not coming into me in my world. I'm not self-important enough where people need to pay attention to me. That's how they want to disrespect me. That's on them. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's always kind of sad to see that during Christmas time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Poor woman. She's just out for a Christmas jaunt. Out for a little Christmas shopping expedition with her partner and then that bullshit happens but hey whatever you know it gets me thinking of um the real true meaning of christmas as a matter of fact all that ugliness can be spun into something positive because the true meaning of christmas is jesus christ who is Jesus. Funny you should ask. So let me tell you about it. This is an article from uh, wikipedia.com. Not an article, but just like a subject heading. 
from Wikipedia. Jesus. Jesus, 4 BC to 30 AD, also referred to as Jesus of Nazareth or Jesus Christ, was a first century Jewish preacher and religious leader. He is the central figure of Christianity. Most Christians believe he is the incarnation of God the Son and the awaited Messiah, the Christ, prophesied in the Old Testament. So, virtually all modern scholars of antiquity agree that Jesus existed, historically. Although the quest for the historical Jesus has produced little agreement on the historical reliability of the Gospels and on how closely the Jesus portrayed in the Bible reflects the historical Jesus. Jesus was a Galilean Jew who was baptized by John the Baptist and began his own ministry. He preached orally. <coughs> he preached orally and was often referred to as rabbi. Jesus debated with fellow Jews on how to best follow God, engaged in healings, taught in parables, and gathered followers on Facebook. He was arrested and tried by the Jewish authorities, turned over to the Roman government, and crucified on the order of Pontius Pilate, the Roman prefect. After his death, his followers believed he rose from the dead, and the community they formed eventually became the early church. Christian doctrines include the beliefs that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, was born of a virgin named Mary, performed miracles, founded the Christian church, died by crucifixion, tack his ass up, died by crucifixion as a sacrifice to achieve atonement for sin, rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, from where he will return. Most Christians believe Jesus enabled people to be reconciled to God. The Nicene Creed asserts that Jesus will judge the living and the dead, either before or after their bodily resurrection, an event tied to the second coming of Christ, the second coming of Jesus in Christian eschatology. The second coming of Jesus. <clears throat> the great majority of Christians worship Jesus as the incarnation of God the Son, the second of three persons of the Trinity. A minority of Christian denominations reject Trinitarianism, wholly, partly, or non-scriptural, whatever the fuck that means. The birth of Jesus is celebrated annually on December 25th, or various dates in January, by some Eastern churches as Christmas. His crucifixion is honored on June. Uh, his crucifixion is honored on Good Friday, and his resurrection on Easter. The widely, the widely used calendar era, A.D., from the Latin 
Anno Domine, Year of the Lord, and the equivalent alternative, CE, are based on the approximate birth date of Jesus. So there you have it, folks. Jesus Christ, a little introduction, who he is, who he was. And that's what Christmas truly is, you know? December 25th, you know? Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, you know? And if you got the true meaning of Christmas in your heart, non-denominationally, you know what I mean? Just to rock with the parables and the quotes of Jesus. Do unto others as you will do unto yourself. Love thy neighbor as you love thyself. If you can relate to the Jesus and his teachings, then Christmas has a whole other meaning. Where it's like you don't have to be caught up in the fucking, oh, they racial profiled me. And oh, you're going to ruin my Christmas with your ignorance. Or you have to get all bent out of shape around, um, you know, money, gift exchange, gift giving, getting fucking set off by other people's ignorance and attitude. You know? Christmas can be that blessing if um, you hold it in your heart. You know? It's a celebration of the birth of Jesus. One of the most, if not the most, yeah, I believe in a higher being. I truly don't know if I can be blessed are those who believe without seeing. I don't know if I believe in the Jesus story, the Christian religion, but I believe in a higher being and I believe in some of the beauty in his teachings, if he did exist. Check this, man. Top 10 Jesus quotes. <laughs> you know, Jesus had some major quotes. Um, this is from brainyquote.com. Top 10 Jesus Christ, uh, top 10 Jesus Christ quotes. <laughs> I didn't know I had to introduce Jesus, you know, it's not easy to, and coming up at the top of the hour, we got Jesus Christ on the phone. <clears throat> it's not always easy introducing Jesus, but anyways, here we go. Top 10 Jesus Christ quotes. But I say to you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute. Persecute. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on to the just and unjust. Number nine. Little children, you are from God and have conquered them. For the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in this world. Jesus Christ. Number eight. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Number seven. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my, if it were my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. See, I'm getting very humble. You know, it's like I talk all sorts of crap on the podcast, but, you know, you get a little nervous when you start, when you start speaking on the Jesus, right? You know, I'm getting a little sweaty here. 
You know, I love you, Jesus. Don't take this personally. Let me try to regroup here. <clears throat> Number seven, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were my, if it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is not of this world. We are in hell. That's why people are stupid, backwards, arrogant, ignorant, self-important, egotistical. His kingdom is not of this world. We are in hell. This is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, if you have any questions, queries, or qualms, please do hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Number six. All my authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, coming into the top five Jesus Christ quotes. Number five, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure on earth. That's a good one. Number four, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Number three, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Love one another. You know, top three. That's the third top highest ranked Jesus quote. That's a doozy. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. I love you, Jesus. These are great. Number two. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. Yeah. Don't worry about a ting. You know, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be anxious. You know, let the day's own troubles be sufficient for the day. You know, listen to Jesus. He knows what he's talking about. Okay. And number one, the number one Jesus quote. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You ain't getting to heaven without Jesus. You ain't getting to heaven without your man, Jesus Christ, you know? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Whoa. You heard him. You heard. Y'all heard. You hear? So yeah, Jesus Christ. That's the true meaning of Christmas. And I try not to let that overshadow me, ever. That's the true meaning of life. Do unto others. Love one another as you have loved yourself. Love one another as Jesus has loved you. You know, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Today's problems and troubles are sufficient. You know, care for the poor. Wear a toga. Like you can learn something from Jesus. And, you know, that's what I hold on to during this Christmas season. That's the true meaning of Christmas. And before I get out of here, well, I shouldn't even say that. It's up to you to believe. We were also given free will. So, you know, at least for me, that's the true meaning of Christmas. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Do you have any top 10 Jesus quotes? What do you think? And before I get out of here, I'll leave you on a cute one. Um, this is a very touching story. And, uh, oh, by the way, Jesus was black. <laughs> You know, that's up for debate, whatever, calm down. All right. And before I go, I'll leave you on this one here. This is from cbcnews.ca. 
Hamilton, Ontario. I'm not going to let go. Ten-year-old saves friend from drowning in icy Hamilton Harbor. It's a beautiful story. Alex Neto says a guardian angel gave him the strength to hold on to his best friend. A 10-year-old boy believes a guardian angel gave him the strength to keep his best friend's head above the surface after he fell into the frigid water of Hamilton Harbor. The two grade 5 students were alone when one tumbled into the icy water Thursday night. But Alex Neto, who police are praising for saving his friend from drowning, says he felt the presence of a third friend who passed away years ago, helping him hold on. After school Thursday, Alex and his buddy, Lucas Snelling, headed down from Macassa Bay, headed down by Macassa Bay, to check out a fort hidden in some trees near the shoreline. Following some exploring, Schnelling decided to sit on the dock and dangle his feet over the icy water below. But when he tried to stand up, he slipped, falling into the bay. I didn't mean to slip in, explained Lucas. The water was so cold and I was just getting to and it was just getting to me. I was trying to break the ice so I could get to the shallow end and pull myself up. Alex saw his friend fall and sprinted to save him. He's way heavier than me, so I tried to pick him up, but I can't, he said. Not knowing what else to do, he grabbed hold of Lucas with one hand and a fence behind him and began dragging him toward the shore. It was really hard to carry him for that long, but I said I'm not going to let go because he's my friend and I don't want him to drown. Lucas and his water... Lucas said the water shocked him, but he tried to break the ice and stay above the water. I was really scared until Alex started holding me, he said. I felt a little bit better because the coldness was really, really cold. The two young boys struggled together when suddenly they spotted help. It was like a miracle. The cops came, said Lucas. Members of the police action team were patrolling nearby when they noticed someone in the water around 6.30 p.m. Police say Lucas was almost totally submerged when they arrived and described their presence at the moment as a stroke of luck and were very well, that very well may have been the difference between life and death. Definitely right place, right time, and all the circumstance came together, so this was a good story around Christmas rather than a tragic one, said Constable Ben Rushton, a member of the Marine Unit. The water in the lake is 4 to 5 degrees Celsius this time of year. That's cold enough to leave someone gasping for air and losing, losing motor skills in a matter of minutes. It's fortunate for them, it's fortunate for him that his friend was there, said Rushton. Police are crediting Alex for his quick actions, but the 10-year-old says he thinks someone else was there, giving him the strength he needed. Lucas and Alex were friends with a boy named Nicholas Mikado, who died two years ago. We think he's our guardian angel, said Alex. I think we got power to break the ice to get through. He helped me carry him. A guardian angel who will guide us with pure love in 
essence and love and watch over us. After he was pulled from the water, Lucas says police wrapped him in a blanket and took him to a station to warm up. Paramedics looked after him. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. As the two boys spoke to reporters, Alex threw an arm around the shoulder of his best friend and smiled. I could do this forever, he said, still holding on. Isn't that a cute story? Isn't that a beautiful story this time of year? Um, a young 10-year-old boy saved his buddy from drowning. Drowning. And, you know, that's a very, you know, I wish the kids were black, much much like Jesus. <laughs> you know, then maybe I could like the story better. But, you know, you know, these kids were really good little buddies and... You know, it all painted the whole story too, you know, like when you're young and, you know, you're going to look for forts, you know, they're, they're hanging out looking for forts <laughs> like little boys do, you know, and totally sounds something like you and your buddies would do, you know, you're going down to the lake playing around and his buddy falls in the water and he, he pulls him out and he feels like a guardian angel saved them, saved him that day and um, just a beautiful story. During Christmas time. And um, I wish all y'all out there a very happy season. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. Non-denominational. And just brotherhood in mankind. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent December 22nd. In the year of our Lord, 2019. Jesus Christ, who is he? You know? Racial profiling. You know? Friendship. Big concepts. No right or wrong answer. Who really knows? But hey, it's good food for thought. Hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com The show is available on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, you live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight? Yes!